This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. It is Remembrance Day, a time where Canadians stand in collective remembrance of all who have fallen in the military service of our country and to those brave men and women who did return home from the battlefield and are still with us today, we say thank you for our freedom. On the show this morning, brilliant handicapper Peter Lurie joins us to look back at last week's momentous Breeders' Cup events and look ahead to the next two years of Breeders' Cup races after some interesting announcements earlier this week. Jennifer Morrison is back with us on Ponies 24-7 this morning. We are thrilled. She, too, will be looking in both directions. First, to the past with the wrap-up of the Ajax Downs quarter horse meet that recently came to a close for another year, and a look ahead to the Woodbine Thoroughbred meet ending next month. And handicappers, listen up. Jennifer is going to offer us a couple of possible plays when it comes to today's Woodbine card. And still with handicapping, it seems to be a recurring theme, a unifying thread on today's Ponies 24-7. Woodbine Mohawk Park handicapper Garnet Barnsdale is also weighing in on the action today. Garnet has his finger on the pulse of the standard bread industry. When he joins us this morning, he'll bring us up to speed on some recent harness racing news and give us a couple of handicapping tidbits for tonight's Woodbine Mohawk Park card. And finally, he's back. My gem of a co-host, Larry Simpson, will once again try to sniff out some potential betting gems at Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, and some other North American tracks racing today with our Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocketship Racing. It's going to be a great show, so get your HPI and Dark Horse accounts ready to go for some heavy-duty action. When we come back, Larry Simpson will join us with our new show feature, In Case You Missed It, Ponies 24-7's recap of the week that was in horse racing news, sponsored by RS Bulk Propane. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. More from the track when we come back on 105.9 The Region. Go from Dark Horse to Winner. Dark Horse is Woodbine's new easy-to-use betting app that brings the thrill of the track right to you. Its AI-powered insights and strategies help you make smarter bets straight out of the gate. Feel the excitement of live stream horse races wherever you go. Get $30 to start betting when you sign up today using promo code GET30. Download the app for free at PlayDarkHorse.com. Available on Android and Apple devices. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA provides members and their hardworking employees with medical insurance, pensions, benevolence, negotiations with racetracks and government and provides vital industry information to the horse people. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Lymphoma Canada and Ponies 24-7 recommend that you don't horse around with lymphoma. Lymphoma affects the lymphatic system of both horses and humans, and currently there are over 100,000 Canadians living with the disease. Lymphoma is also the most common cancer diagnosis for adolescents and young adults. Visit lymphoma.ca slash ponies to donate to the Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma campaign. With your help, we can promote early detection, assist newly diagnosed patients, and support lymphoma research. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. 
Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I'm Ann Romer. Let me introduce you to my amazing co-host, Larry Simpson, and our, in case you missed it, a look at the week that was in horse racing news, sponsored by RS Bulk Propane. Rich Strike, the winner of the 2022 Kentucky Derby, retired earlier this week, or was retired. Yeah, that was the news that just came out uh, this weekend. Uh, He, if you recall, won the 2022 Kentucky Derby. He was 80-1 to odds. He basically... Uh, turned into the stretch, went right up the rail, and it was like the seas parted for him. And uh, I, I believe that uh, it was probably one of the highest prices ever paid, you know, on a, a Kentucky Derby winner. But he had some issues, uh, some soundness problems, I guess. And uh, he really, if I recall, he only won a maiden race. Then he won the Kentucky Derby. And he was stakes placed in a couple, but uh, he's going to sell in the Keeneland November Horses of Racing Age sale, and that's on November the 17th. So it's going to be interesting to see, uh, you know, what what happens and uh, who buys them and and how and, for and, how much and exactly for how much. And you know, he retired with 2.5 million in earnings, so mm-hmm. I don't know how much of a bearing that has on the price for sale. Well, I guess it has a bit of a bearing, but uh, I think a lot depends on the actual physical status of the horse, too, and, and you know what, what he's capable of doing going forward. Rich Strike, retired. Thank you, Larry. And that's In Case You Missed It, sponsored by RS Bulk Propane on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Are you looking for a reliable propane supplier for your home or business? Look no further than RS Bulk Propane, Canadian-owned and family-operated. With our premium propane solutions, you'll experience warmth like never before. We offer competitive prices, automated deliveries, and exceptional customer service. Don't let the cold get the best of you. Stay cozy with RS Bulk Propane. Visit rspropane.com or call us today at 855-225-0225. We are so pleased that Santa Anita superstar, handicapper, host, analyst, voiceover king, Peter Lurie, joins us today on the show to talk about all kinds of things, including last week's Breeders' Cup events and the future of the Breeders' Cup races. Welcome to the show, Peter. Great to have you back with us again. Oh, you know, it's always a pleasure of mine. And, you know, I love the Ontario, uh, Toronto area. And uh, I'm uh, sorry, I'm, I'm going to say it. We weren't going to say it, but yeah, I'm a little under the weather. I spent <laughs> 17 days working straight. So I caught a little cold coming back from St. Louis. So uh, I'm pushing through. And as we were just speaking, even though we weren't going to talk about it, but I don't care because I'm an open book. Let's talk about the Breeders' Cup. And how would you rate you it compared it. to, how would you rate this past weekend to previous Breeders' Cups? Well, I think what it came down to for a lot of people was, and I heard this, they said, well, it didn't have the star power that what a lot of Breeders' Cups have had over the years. And I like to say, I will disagree. I think there were some, uh, there were some really good stories out there. There were some sad stories. Uh, when you think of a horse like Cody's, Cody's Wish, who everybody was so hoping would get the job done, Cody himself showed up for oh, this. Oh, that's so great. Unfortunately, unfortunately, in traveling back, Cody succumbed to, um, to everything he's been dealing with his entire life, and he passed away at 18. Oh, no. But, which was I a didn't very know that. Sad, extremely sad, extremely oh, sad for the and, racing And we industry. know that story. Maybe you can quickly tell us that story between the horse and Cody. Well, it, just a... Uh, encapsulated, you know, obviously, uh, dealing with a lot of medical issues and was very withdrawn. And then when, 
when he actually got a chance to meet Co- uh, Cody's wish, uh, he fell in love. Cody's wish brought him out of his shell, and he's been a part of it for the uh, the Godolphin Group ever since. When he shows up, uh, you know, Cody seems to run his best race, and um, it culminated with uh, Cody's wish's last race was a win, and it was a hard fought one. Unfortunately, traveling back, he uh, he didn't make it. Mm-hmm. And it's, you know, it's, it's horrible. And, but I think people have to keep into perspective, you know, a, a rough life that Cody had the entire 18 years he was working, a very rough life. Yeah. And, uh, he's in a better place. I know yeah. that's a very safe answer, Yeah. Yeah. but I think, but I think it's, uh, but I think it's the truth. And he, you know, the, the horse brought him a lot of happiness. Yeah, and that's important. might not have been that happy of a life. Yeah. And I think his family was very grateful for that. Do you think that Cody's wish, the horse, will will recognize that Cody is no longer here? Who's to say? <laughs> Who's to say? But, uh, you know, animals are very insightful. Mm-hmm. I'm sure in some respect he will. But I, it's not for me to say one way or the other. Yeah. Well, thank you for telling us the news, and it's such sad news. But what a wonderful connection between horse and human in this case. Well, let's let's talk about uh, the Breeders' Cup Juvenile, which is usually a, you could say, a measuring stick for a possible Kentucky Derby favorite contender in that uh, horse by the name of uh, Fierceness. Were you impressed by him? I was. Uh, I thought Muth was definitely the horse to beat. And I thought Muth was very special and, uh, you know, um, for not only Santa Anita, but for FanDuel TV, which I also work at, and for XB TV, which I am part of, I uh, was on uh, touting this horse. I thought this was going to be a real coming out party. Again, big surprise for trainer Bob Baffert, but uh, he ran his race. Uh, I wasn't sure, based on what we'd seen so far for the eventual winner, for the Rapoli operation that they would do what they did to jump right out there and just keep going. But, uh, I got to give it to them, you know, congratulations. Now we have a habit in the racing industry to start anointing the juvenile as a, uh, a three-year-old champion right off the bat. And I, I understand that. And it's happened recently more than it ever did before, but, uh, I'm still not sure We've found the uh, the Kentucky Derby winner yet. What are your thoughts about the location of the Breeders' Cup? It's going to remain in California, but at Del Mar, and for a couple of years. How do you feel about that? It's hard to comment on it without sounding like a homer, <laughs> but from a, a treme- you know from a tremendous from a, just a racing standpoint, and I think we can all agree about this. Um, if you're going to see the World Championships. I believe what we want is we want to see the best of the best on the best possible conditions possible. Mm -hmm. Can we all agree on that? Mm -hmm. Okay. If that's the case in November, as much as I love Belmont park. And as you all know, from a recent couple of years, I absolutely have fallen in love with uh, Woodbine. I hope I come out for years to come. Um, I just, weather wise, I think it makes more sense to be in Southern California. It just does. You don't see enough, um, consistently good weather at that time of year. 
And I think that's what it comes down to. So yeah. it's weather, not political. Not at all. Yeah. And what's really funny right now is I'm, I'm driving, I'm walking by people who are walking their dogs, <laughs> who are thinking, here's a guy on the phone instead of here's a guy doing a radio interview. <laughs> you, know, you have to wear a sandwich board, a sign saying, I'm on the radio well, right now. So I'm on the radio. I'm not one of those people who talks while my dog is walking. Yeah. I, I'm sure you're not. Yeah. I don't know whether we've asked you this before, but I'm going to ask you again. How did you become so interested in horse racing? Uh, very simple. I was, uh, four years old. Um, my father was an old character actor, Hmm. kept in the family business. Yes, I did. (laughs) Um, he had a love for horse racing and he shared it with me and, uh, my brother. And it just became something that after my mom passed when I was seven, and I think he really, he needed a break on the weekends from being mom, dad, provider, everything. And uh, he wanted to share that with us. And I think we wanted to do him so closely that we were grateful to do it. And I just became a love of mine. So this goes back a long, long time. And then as I became a uh, character actor, and mainly doing a lot of voiceover work, I uh, started to make a pretty darn good living. And I, at one point, it sounds silly, but I had an agent say, uh, or rather an accountant say, um, you're paying way too much in taxes. You have to buy a house and you have to get a hobby that loses money <laughs> because you better spend it or give it to the government. It's one or the other. Hmm. And I thought, well, uh, my dad, I know it just, die if I got him a horse. I said, why don't I do that? And he said, great, racing, that loses money. <laughs> and my partners and I were in the black for 15 years Wow! until we decided we were so brilliant we could get into breeding. And that's when the whole thing went sideways. <laughs> <laughs> so where, when did the handicapping start? And, and also the, the host analyst part of what you do for horse racing? Well, it's all intertwined. Yeah. Uh, I was going out to the track in the morning at one point, I think we had like 12 horses in training. I always had a rule. It said, as long as they're earning their way, I don't care if we make any money. I don't care if we have one or if we have 20, but they have to make their, they have to at least pay their bills. And I was used to go out on the track in the morning. Cause I was the actor you know, in the morning. Wasn't really doing much. So I would uh, go out and watch them work out. And there was a gentleman that in the morning, there's a place Santa Anita called the clockers corner, which is where everyone hangs out. If you ever want to go in Santa Anita park, you know, and you'll see Bob Baffert and all the big trainers, Phil D'Amato, and jockeys like, you know, Flavion Pratt, or, of course, now uh, Frankie DeTore. That's where you see them. And I would be out there just sitting there hanging out. There was a guy there that always would ask me to do voices. He'd say, oh, you're, oh yeah, man, you got to do, do James Mason. And I'd be like, well, you know, James Mason. Told you <laughs> like, oh, Santa Anita. Very exciting. I'll do Harvey Firestein. I just love coming to Santa Anita. Santa Anita is just a wonderful place to be. I just want to be loved. That's so wrong. You know, and go on and on and on. And then one morning, he said, hey, have you got a picture and resume? And I said, well, I'm sure in the car. Why? He said, well, it's probably nothing. But uh, get it out for me. So I got it. Didn't think anything about it. And then about, uh, oh gosh, a month later, I got a call from somebody saying, hey, um, we want to meet you because we're coming up with a station uh, on a network level to compete against the uh, TBG. 
channel. And I went in, and it turned out the first word out of their mouth was, and I walk in the door, Brant Lotta loves you. Mm. And I thought, I thought, oh, that's got to be who that guy was. <laughs> Brant Lotta was the right-hand man of the Stronic Group, mm-hmm. as you all know, or Magna, yes. as only Canada. Right. Yes. And they were starting a network. It was basically ESPN Sports, and uh, that's what happened. And uh, that was 22, 23 years ago, something like that. And you've never looked back. So, uh, no, did that until it, until it got bought out by TVG. And then TVG said, well, you know, we'd like to offer you a few days a week. And I thought, hey, why not keep my face out there? <laughs> so then, then about five, six years ago, Santa Anita said, hey, we'd love you to come back and do the television. And I said, okay. So uh, that's, that's basically uh, what has been happening for a while and still do the occasional uh, voiceover gigs. And uh, I went to my first uh, convention. Uh, there's a management group that's been trying to get me to do these things for years. And I went uh, a couple of weeks back and uh, had a real good time meeting uh, fans of uh, stuff I've done for about 35 years. And we are fans. And your story is continuing to be written. <laughs> One would hope. <laughs> One would hope. Well, over 35 years, you've probably seen a lot of horse races, eh, Peter? Like, tell me. What's the greatest horse racing performance you ever witnessed? Oh, man, that's a tough one. I mean, I go back, actually, even though I was a little, little child, that goes back to, like, the late 60s. So, I mean, I've seen, I've seen the heyday of racing. I've seen, uh, you know, horses like Akak, Cougar II, uh, the Great Secretariat, um, moving on to horses like uh, John Henry, uh, justify, affirmed comes to mind. I mean, there are so many talented horses, but I will say one thing, and I'm not going to say one of the greatest horses ever, but just to hook back into the Breeders' Cup, there's a horse I've been touting since I covered him in the mile uh, at Woodbine uh, about a month and a half ago, and that was a horse named Masters of the Sea. And I said, quote, this horse will win the turf mile. And everybody thought I was crazy. I said, all I could, I went on to say, and this is just putting it all together. I said, this horse has had a lot of trouble. Spoke to Charlie Appleby, his assistant. And he said, there was a lot of trouble getting this horse to come out of the gate. He's five years old. He still doesn't come out of the gate. Right. I said, you know what? If this horse can come out of the gate, just once, he'll win the turf. And he broke. Okay. But then he turned around and made what I thought was one of the biggest closes at the top of the stretch to win the turf mile this year. So I felt particularly proud about that one. And well, you should. I, I, it t- sounds like you've just walked back into your house, by the way. So you finished walking your greyhound, and you finished this interview with us, yeah. and we're so pleased. Got to thank you so much. Peter Lurie, multi-talented and so down-to-earth. Thank you for joining us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, and feel better. Thanks for doing this, Peter. I really appreciate it, and thank you. You're terrific. Thank you, Peter. When we come back, Thoroughbred and Quarter Horse Handicapper Jennifer Morrison is next on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Follow us on Twitter at 1059theregion. We'll be right back. 
Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. Pineview Hyundai, the smart choice of automobile dealerships, combining horses and horsepower. For over 35 years, the Romeo family has been a part of the Ontario thoroughbred racing industry, and they want to invite you to visit their Pineview dealership and view their award-winning Hyundai lineup today and take advantage of some hot summer savings deals. Come see us at 3790 Highway 7 in Vaughan. Call us at 905-851-2851 to make an appointment or visit our website, pineviewauto.com, and see why Pineview Hyundai remains the smart choice. Ontario Racing, the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing at 15 racetracks. We are the voice of the Ontario horse racing industry, and we direct breed improvement programs, set annual race dates, and work on attracting new horse owners and race fans. Ontario Racing is committed to supporting a vibrant industry with one vision, working together for a stronger horse racing community. To get your horsepower, go to OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing, three breeds, one vision. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. It is an all-handicapping show today, that is for sure. Thoroughbred and quarter horse handicapper and promoter Jennifer Morrison joins us now. Welcome back to the show, my friend. How are you? I am great, Anne and Larry. Uh, how are you guys doing today? Well, we're doing okay, and I guess Ajax Downs did okay, right, for their uh, meet that just closed? Talk about that. Yes. Uh, you know what? It was a really another really good year, and um, I know Emilio was on with you guys the mm-hmm. previous week talking about the last day, and it was everything that it was... Uh, you know, cracked up to be. We had a big card of 11 races, and we had the first ever thoroughbreds versus quarter horse race, the Battle of the Breeds, which, um, you know, it was just so fascinating. And a quarter horse won. No, good. Oh, really? City <laughs> wow. Yep, the quarter horse won, yeah, uh, which was really interesting. And actually, the long shot. Um, so Neil Husbands rode, uh, rode the horse, and it was. Uh, really quite something so yeah and the the wagering on the whole year was up uh, just over 10 percent which is fabulous because that's like the third or fourth year it's been up 10 plus percent so um things are going well we just need to boost the uh, horse population a bit and uh, we'll be doing good so let's analyze the year that was and and you say that everything seemed to be up including betting and wagering what do you think caused that sort of that increase in interest on all fronts when it came to Ajax Downs? Well, I think, you know, the one thing about um, Ajax Downs and racing there, we have a we have one special Sunday card every month during the summer that really attracts a large crowd. But you know what? You know, we'd have like craft beer day, Father's Day, so we'd have giveaways and events and we had kids day and all this stuff. 
But the Wednesday cards in the summer really had a lot of people attend. Like, I was absolutely amazed that, you know, families would bring their kids that were out of school or or families would just come without the kids. And the crowds were really big. And, you know, it's such a nice place to watch racing live. You know, you grab yourself a hot dog or a burger and you're standing right there. The horses are right beside you. And it's just a real experience. And I think what we're finding is people are going once or twice and they're coming back. Great. And uh, that's all we can ask. So are you actually seeing uh, a lot of new people then, Jen? Oh, absolutely. I Every single race day, pretty much, I can say uh, that there were new newbies there that would come up to me. And since I do my, you know, talk about each horse right by the paddock outside, people would walk up to me and say, oh, I've never done this before, or I don't know what I'm looking at. Um, do you have any recommendations? But we also have a very, uh, really handy um, sort of learn-how-to-bet station right near the track there as well that the, the young ladies that run it are really excellent. And so I think that because we're so welcoming to people who don't know a lot about racing or how to place a bet or what the best bets are to make, I think that's why people are coming back because – we're, we're helping people learn. Jennifer, why do you think that quarter horse racing has grown so much over the past few years in Ontario? And again, bravo that a quarter horse won the Battle of the Breeds. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his name was Azure Royalty, by the way, and oh. he was an Ontario bred owned by Megan Fennessy. It's actually the first racehorse she ever owned. <laughs> so that was pretty thrilling. But, you know, the, the speed of the sport, you know, I, I find that can equate it somewhere in between thoroughbred racing, which is really, really big business and you know, much bigger purses and fancy races and and rich owners. And then in between standard bread racing, which is more of a rural sport, I find quarter horse racing is, it's got, you know, the tremendous speed, you know, don't blink or you'll miss the race. And the people are very uh, gracious. Uh, You know, they let you come up and talk to them about the horses. And it's a very not just family oriented, but it's very people and horse oriented sport. So you've been handicapping thoroughbreds for a long time. Now you're handicapping yeah. the quarter horses. Uh, is there any similarities when you're handicapping the thoroughbreds and the, the quarter horses? Is there any any constants? Well, I you know, appearances uh, when the horses are going onto the track, I you know, I, I really like to uh, look at a horse going onto the track and I find that's a constant, but you know, with quarter horse racing, because the distances are so short, uh, when you're analyzing re- replays of horses' recent races, you know, it's pretty much what it, what happened at the start of the race. Mm-hmm. Because the start is the entire thing about quarter horse racing. When you're watching a replay of a thoroughbred race, the distances are longer, so you're looking for a horse that's maybe, you know, gone really wide or ran into traffic trouble. So... Yeah, it's, I find that it's 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 much different that way because thoroughbred racing offers dis- different distances and surfaces. And where does your heart lie, Jennifer? Quarter horses or thoroughbred horses? <laughs> hmm. Oh, <laughs> and that is a tough question. <laughs> I mean, I you know I, I you know I I love quarter horse racing and I I feel like part of the family there and I feel like I've you know contributed a little bit over the five years that I've been working there to, you know, getting it out there on social media and doing their press releases now. And 
so I yeah, I would guess that you know a slight nod to the quarter horses. Well, let's talk about the thoroughbreds now <laughs> and the woodbine meet that's currently still going on. Uh, what are some of the highlights? Oh boy, uh, well certainly the the woodbine season, which is you know it's it's fairly lengthy, and we go to December seventeenth for heaven's sakes. But you know the Queen's Plate, the Triple Crown was you know certainly a highlight. The Queen's Plate in particular. Uh, being won by Paramount Prince. You now, mean the King's Plate? Cassie. Hey, you mean the Sorry, King's, King's Plate? Plate. You're right. <laughs> it's an easy I mistake. Blew it. We all do it. <laughs> I went the whole year saying King's Plate, and then I did it. Um, yeah, so we, we've seen Mark Cassie win a King's Plate, Queen's Plate before, and Gary Barber, but the co-owner Michael Langlois, who bought the horse, uh, this is his you know second horse he's ever owned. The young lady who bred the horse up in Nobleton, uh, Erica Resnick, uh, this is like the biggest thing that's ever happened to her. She's has a couple of mares, and, and here she's bred this King's Plate winner. So very hard to get past that really moving story. But, yeah, there's been lots of big races at Woodbine. And, you know, we're still actually trying to sort of sort out some of the championship horses as we get towards the end of the year. And uh, Woodbine's got two stakes races on uh, today that are going to go a long way, I think, to determining a couple of champions. So let me ask you this, Jennifer, and I'll be careful as I ask it. I promise not to make you feel uncomfortable, like the last question. (laughs) (laughs) When you are handicapping thoroughbreds at Woodbine, what are you really looking at? I mean, you've just talked about trainers, and and you haven't mentioned jockeys, but you talked about trainers, and you talk about the horses, of course. What, uh, What else goes into your handicapping? Well, I, you know, I try to look at this as much as I can, um, you know, the horses, how the horse performed in recent races, you know, I like to look at replays. I like mm-hmm. to look at, at horses um, when they were in the same kind of situation that they'll be in today, say, you know, how did they do? Um, jockeys, I don't look at too much. I mean, if there's a jockey change, like say a jockey's been riding two or three horses in one particular race, and then he or she's decided to ride a particular horse, I'm going to take that into account for sure. Um, and trainers are very important because trainers trainers have a lot of different uh, skills and, and ways that they, they have success. So between horses' uh, recent form and what the situation is going to look like today in today's race, you want to, you're trying to project how the horse is going to run on this particular day. Okay, I think... We're going to come back and get you to handicap a couple of uh, Saturday races for us, but I want to kind of get your opinion. Obviously, you've been watching the sales this week, and you saw that Moira sold for $3 million. Uh, Were you surprised by this price? Um, Well, I was, uh, I guess I was a little surprised, but um, actually the breaking news of that is that... um, she actually wasn't <laughs> sold. Oh, really? <laughs> she's going. To, she's going to return to her her uh, people that uh, have been racing her all along, and they want to race her again next year and try and win a Grade One race. So we will be seeing Moira again <laughs> for the X Men Stable and uh, the other partners <laughs> in 2024. <laughs> well, thank you for that breaking news. That's <laughs> and more breaking news from you. You've been pretty vocal this week about the Breeders' Cup information that came out uh, earlier this week. Tell us about the news and why you felt that you had to speak out about it. Well, I, you know, I think I was joining quite a few people, but the Breeders' Cup announced that the 
2025 Breeders' Cup race championships will be held at Del Mar, which that's where they're going to be held in 2024. And this year we just had the Breeders' Cup at Santa Anita in California. So that's three consecutive years in California. Um, I get that the weather is pretty much perfect there for racing and Japanese horses and the Europeans uh, like to race there. But, you know, this is the world championships. I mean, I went to the Breeders' Cup last year at Keeneland, Kentucky. It was magical. I mean, I think the whole point of having world championship races is to have different surfaces and different weather. I mean, you know, it, it hasn't been that long that we had the Breeders' Cup at Woodbine, 1996. And, you know, I don't think that we're ever going to get it at Woodbine again because we don't have a dirt track. We have a all-weather surface. But, you know, why aren't we at least mixing it up instead of three consecutive years in California? I mean, there's lots of reasons why I don't want to, you know, try and go all the way out there. Yeah, I can watch them on TV, but... I just think it would be better to just keep the the variety going. I don't understand why we have to have them three years in a row out in California. And really, when you think about it, Keeneland put on, as you say, a very good show last year. And there's been other tracks in the past, as you mentioned, Woodbine. uh, Even, you know, they had it in New York. I remember it being in New York as well. So, like, why aren't they spreading it around? Yeah, well, I'm not sure. Now, I mean, for Belmont Park, where it's been a couple of years, that track is under construction that's right, yeah. for, for another year, so that's an issue. Um, aqueduct, I guess they don't want to run an aqueduct. Uh, it's been at Lone Star Park, which is a, was a little bit small, but I went to that one. I thought it was quite enjoyable. That's in Texas. Mm-hmm. It's been at Monmouth Racetrack. I mean, I guess they're just... Is it political? Is it... Simply the weather, I don't know, but um, I think whatever it is, there's a lot of unhappy people, and I think it's it's something that, you know, I hope they uh, change their mind over the next couple of years. I'm going to pull you back now to Woodbine, to this side of the border, and we're going to ask you to put on your handicapping hat. Uh, what do you think about today's Woodbine card? Any horses that you like? Well, I mean, this is just an incredible... If you like betting on horses, you go to Woodbine today or you tune in on uh, hpibet.com. It's 11 races, big fields, two graded stakes races with big fields, and the piece de resistance of the whole day is race number 11, which is the mandatory payout of the high-five jackpot race. So what I'm going to do is I'm just going to... I'm going to give you a couple of horses for that race to start off because this is a race that's, you know, the mandatory payoff, the carryover is already over $400,000. So that starts in the kitty. Now there'll be a million dollars at least bet into this bet. Now it's going to pay off to whoever has all top five finishers. And yes, that is a hard thing to do. If nobody does that, whoever picks the top four finishers, will get a share in this uh, big pool. So, And they've made it tough. It's a race for horses that have never won a race. They're two-year-olds. But I'm going to give you one horse that you must use in your wagers, and that is the number, I'm just going to make sure I get the right number here, number seven horse, Royal Ribbon, owned by Stronic Stables and trained by Mike Doyle. This is a two-year-old filly who her only race was in uh, early September, 
and it was quite a good effort, but you had to watch the replay closely because she finished fourth. On paper, it looks like, okay, she just finished fourth, beaten five lengths. But if you watch the race, you could tell that she was, you know, quite inexperienced. She was getting some of the dirt in her face, and, and Jockey Sahin Savachi was trying to, you know, maneuver her around. And, and once she got clear, she really did some good running in the stretch. I think she's going to be even better for this uh, second time out in her career. So... I think everybody should, you know, try the the high five jackpot because you know what? It's a twenty cent base bet. Try and pick the first five winners, first five winners, first five finishers, <laughs> and uh, you could possibly share in a big payoff. Larry and I are writing furiously. Yes, yes, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Jen, well said, and thanks for doing this, and good luck today. Thank you very much. I'm going to need it. I've got my thinking cap on, and um, <laughs> it's going to be a great day for handicapping. You are a treasure and a pleasure. Thank you, Jennifer Morrison. <laughs> Thank you, Ann and Larry. After the break, when we come back, the handicapping fun continues. Woodbine Mohawk Park handicapper Garnet Barnsdale joins us next on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Are you looking for a reliable propane supplier for your home or business? Look no further than RS Bulk Propane, Canadian-owned and family-operated. With our premium propane solutions, you'll experience warmth like never before. We offer competitive prices, automated deliveries, and exceptional customer service. Don't let the cold get the best of you. Stay cozy with RS Bulk Propane. Visit rspropane.com or call us today at 855-225-0225. Enjoy the thrill of the race anytime with HPIBet.com, the number one betting site for experienced horse players. Join for free and watch and wager when you can't bet at the track. Stream live racing from over 500 tracks from around the world. Bet with ease from anywhere. It's safe and secure. Sign up today and get one month free live race streaming. Plus, for a limited time, get a $100 bonus and your first bet is on us. Go to HPIBet.com to join for free today. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing, is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Welcome back to Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Woodbine Mohawk Park handicapper Garnet Barnsdale joins us. Now, he hasn't been on the show for a little while, so we have a lot of catching up to do. Garnet, thanks for being with us. Happy to be here as always. Well, let's start with the uh, recent Breeders' Crown at Hoosier Park and talk about some of the top performances that you saw. Yeah, actually, I, I got the opportunity to be there live, um, although I'm finding those kind of drives being hard. The, the older you get, the harder they, mm-hmm. they are. But, uh, you know, um, Confederate is really more and more showing he's probably one of the top three-year-olds in the history of the sport, and he was just outstanding that night. Um, when he when he raced, it was a driving rainstorm, wow. and uh, he just he plowed through that like it was nothing. And uh, I think he was like one forty eight in a piece, maybe one forty eight flat. Totally dominant, um, big big mile from him. And of course, Canada's own three year old pacing filly, who I'm sure is going to be horse of the year in Canada. Sylvia Hanover had an astounding performance because. She tried to make a backstretch brush to the lead in the third quarter, and it was a huge third quarter, and she was rebuffed, which, you know, um, 
when a horse gets uh, rebuffed like that, they usually don't have another move in the stretch. And she just kept coming and coming and coming and got up for the win, um, as she's done so many times in the past. So her performance was probably the most impressive of anybody's, but Confederate was was right there with her. And Confederate actually came back uh, again to win yesterday at Dover Downs in the Matron Stakes. And one of the most interesting things about him is he has one race left and he's going to take on the older pacers, such as By the Missile and Tattoo Artist, so in the TVG final. So that's going to be very exciting. I want to go back to Sylvia Hanover. You know, some have said that she's a little hard to handle. Others say she has a mind of her own. But when you put it all together, she is astonishing. Yeah, I think it's, I don't know so much hard to handle is more maybe a bit of a mind of her own because sometimes mm-hmm. she seems to get disinterested at the critical points of races. And then, you know, when the chips are down and, and the money's on the line, she picks up the bit again and refuses to lose. So um, kind of, you know, very much a, a horse that we've never really seen before in, in that regard because there's so many races where she looked like, uh, even the trainer said, you know, I thought we were going to back up and finish 10th. And she picks the bit up again and gets interested and wins the race. It's very, very unusual. Yeah. Yeah. We've had Bobby McClure on a few times on the show. In fact, we had him on just prior to that uh, Breeders' Crown race. And, and he said that sometimes he, he she's, she's going to do what she's going to do, right? <laughs> and uh, anyway, I, I want to talk a little bit about Woodbine Mohawk Park now. You've obviously watched a lot of races there this, this year. A uh, lot of good performances. Uh, what was the most impressive for you? The one that sticks out to me a little bit, and I don't know if it was the most impressive, but maybe the most interesting was Jimmy Freight coming back uh, from a break after another injury. On the night where there was a Jimmy Freight stakes, which his owner set up to um, and, and only horses that were by Jimmy Freight, so by him as a sire, were eligible to the race. And, uh, you know, a couple of races after that was run, which was won by a very good uh, uh, two-year-old filly named Resilience, uh, Jimmy Freak came out and, and uh, won, won his race in the preferred two. So that all of that combined made for a very interesting story and kind of an exciting night. Let's talk about you as a handicapper. And this show really is all about handicapping, I think, today. Um, so I've asked this of others. What goes into your decisions about how you handicap? Because of the work that I do, I'm very familiar with basically every horse that races at Mohawk Park. So when you when you first open a page, you kind of have an idea of how they match up in terms of class and speed. Um, but I think uh, one of the most important things to look for from week to week is changes. What changed? Um, is the pace scenario changed for specific horses? Barn changes are very important. Some guys can improve horses quickly, and in other cases, if they move into a bar, uh, move out of a barn, horses may regress. Uh, post position changes, driver changes, kind of what changed from last week and how's that going to affect this week's race. Um, breeding is very unimportant after horses have raced a few times. Mm. Um, they, once they've raced seven, eight, nine, ten times, you kind of know what they are. Um, you know, you could use that potentially in their first or second starts. And when I look at breeding, I always like to look at what their dams have produced and what, you know, what their siblings have done. And especially early in their careers. Um, you know, if I, I'm handicapping a race and I check, uh, dig into the breeding and see that a horse has five siblings that all won in their first or second starts. That might be an important, uh, important piece on, for tonight's race, especially if the horse is offering a good price. So kind of all of that, but I think, um, it's really important to watch races and make either mental or physical notes. Physical notes are probably better that you can use in horses next starts, um, uh, based on some of the stuff you see and, you know, certain trouble they get into during races, et cetera. And does track length have a bearing on this as well? 
Um, yes and no. I mean, I think um, for the most part, harness racing over the decades has become more speed favoring uh, than ever. So I think, you know, the universal good trip is being some racing somewhere near the front in most races. So, um, I, I, you know, track length, yeah, I, I guess it matters. But um, if you're looking at Mohawk Park, most of them race there every week. So you kind of know what they can do on that track. And handicapping on a thoroughbred side is is based on a lot of there's a lot of handicapping angles, right? Where where so there probably there's a few angles on the standardbred side, but probably not as many as the thoroughbred, if that makes sense. So, uh, would you agree that there is still handicapping angles that you can play as a as a standardbred better? I think so, and it's funny you mentioned thoroughbred race because almost all any handicapping I do on thoroughbred racing is based on specific angles. Mm-hmm. I'm 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 an angles player more than anything else. Like I love second time starters at thoroughbreds. Yeah. If I see a lone second time starter in a race, I'm betting it. I don't even handicap the race pretty much. But yeah, I mean there can be some certain angles. I, I think that's more more from a thoroughbred side. You mentioned earlier in this interview that because of what you do at Woodbine Mohawk Park, you're able to have a really good sense of handicapping. What else do you do at and for Woodbine Mohawk Park? Well, I handicap the races for DRF Harness. I don't work specifically for Mohawk Park, but I do handicap every card for DRF Harness. It goes on their website, and I think it goes on uh, some of their printed editions. And then um, I also do some work for Ontario Racing, where we uh, give out a specific picket at, at any given Ontario Racing, uh, tra- any Ontario track uh, nightly. So um, there's that. And uh, I do a little bit of work for um for a little, uh, for not a little, a large uh, site called Harness Link, which is a worldwide harness racing site where I do some handicapping for them too. But specifically, yeah, every night my picks are on DRF Harness, and so you know I kind of need to kind of need to be up on it and be watching the races <laughs> and, and understanding what's going on there on a nightly basis. You are a busy guy, and that's why you know so much. <laughs> well, uh, hopefully, I, I do also have a full time <laughs> job outside of all that, which uh, keeps me busy. So. Yeah. Does your handicapping change, Garnet, when you go from, say, a track like Woodbine Mohawk Park, which is seven eighths, to, say, Western Fair Raceway, which is a half mile? Is there is there things that you change? For sure, post position is way more important at tracks like that. Like it's almost it's almost impossible to win from the outside seven hole at, at uh, Western Fair because when the race starts, you're basically heading for the parking lot. Yeah, um, that first turn comes up pretty fast. So there's that, and I think. Um, you know, there's some very dominant drivers on some of these B tracks. Like Tyler Borth is extremely dominant right now on the B tracks. I think he won seven races at Western Fair, uh, London's Western Fair, about a week ago. But Tyler Borth is also excelling at Woodbine, right? So mm-hmm. he's uh, he's definitely a driver to watch. And of course, um, at, at Woodbine Mohawk Park, we got James McDonald, who continues to dominate and win races in bunches. So um, you know, it's always it's always good to include him on your multi-race tickets, especially on horses that don't figure to be favorites because he wins with a lot of non-favorites. So the advent of the Internet and the, the popularity of social media today, has that enhanced your ability to handicap? Yeah, I think so. I think um, there's a lot of tracks that have uh, live video streams. Um, for example, this morning, uh, another thing is um, you can watch the qualifiers live, which you never could do in the old days. I actually own a piece of a filly that qualified for the first time this morning. I think she beat the time standard, so hopefully we'll see her racing soon. But um, it's you know it's important to watch, uh, especially early in the season, 
check out those qualifiers and to dig into how horses were driven in those races, kind of what they were asked for. And um, you can see all of that live on the uh, Standard Rate Canada website. So I think it's definitely helpful. There's more more ways to uh, watch races and more ways to get information. What would you say is the biggest difference in harness racing now to when, like you and I basically got into the business around the same time, many, many, many years ago, right? So, uh, yeah, yeah. What what would you say is the major difference in in the the sport of harness racing now from what it was when we got in? When we got into the sport, it was a lot of tr- owner trainer drivers driving their yeah. own stock. Um, now it's all catch drivers, so you get a little bit of a different. Um, they don't have as much skin in the game per se in each race because they're not, you know, they're not driving necessary to eat money, every, to eat, to get food money every race like they were back in the day. But um, you know, the track conditions of uh, the tracks have been fa- faster with the removal of the hub rail and the pylons. The equipment uh, makes it much faster. So I think, uh, unfortunately, fewer closers win races, and that's always exciting, right? It's it's a much more front and dominated sport, and I'm not sure that's really a good thing. And what about the athleticism of both the driver and the horse, the equine athlete? Has that changed? Has that improved over time and breeding? Probably. Probably. Um, the horse, definitely, they've, they've been bred uh, more for speed. Um, the, the you know Back in the day, it was a big deal to, for a horse to go a two-minute mile. If you go on a two-minute mile now, you're probably racing on one of the slowest, worst tracks with the slowest horses. Um, so, you know, the breed has definitely improved and uh, improved its speed. And, um, yeah, I think the athleticism of the driver is another, another topic. You don't see a lot of drivers my size out there. They're usually, they usually <laughs> lean and, and the best ones are, uh, the best ones are a lot younger than me too. So, uh, I think it's a factor. Yep. All right. Well, let's put you to work now, uh, Garnet. Uh, let's talk about, uh, Woodbine Mohawk. Uh, Parks uh, card tonight. Who sticks out to you as possible good uh, value in play? I got as my spot play on Dira Farnes. I got the Seventh Century Jaguar in race three. This is the Harvest Series uh, for Ontario Sire Colton Gelding, which is the thirty thousand in twenty twenty three. So there's a couple of legs of this series and then a final. He was really good two starts back where he made a couple of moves to beat Nonwares at two, and then last week he was raced conservatively, which I wonder if that was kind of as an, as an eye to this um, series. So I think at 5-1 to one in the morning line, I think he's very good value. That's race number three, uh, number seven, Century Jaguar. And then I'll give you what I hope is going to be a free square in race five. Uh, number seven, which way to the beach, takes a big class drop. They're very low level uh, for him. Non-winners 8,000 last five. He sees some of the best pacers on the continent this year. He really should drop and pop in this spot. I think he's 2-1 to one in the morning line. He'll probably go lower, but you know if you can single him on the on the last leg of that pick five and maybe get a couple of prices in races one through four, you can still do okay, I think. I'm going to ask you a very sweeping question, and this is North America-wide harness racing. Is it is it becoming even more popular as every month goes by? Oh, boy. I'd like to say yes. I, 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 I don't think it is, but um, it doesn't mean we can't keep trying to... to pump its tires right <laughs> that's well put <laughs> yeah that was that was good anyways garnet before we let you go last question for you greatest horse you ever saw race i still gotta stay i still gotta stick with niatrust at this point sorry sorry to all the some beach somewhere lovers but 
Um, I saw him race, and he was just he was just something else to yeah. me. So I, I'll go with Nitros. Oh, I, I would agree. I saw him race too, and he was a uh, he was a machine. For sure. Excellent. Well done. Garnet Barnsdale, thank you so much for joining us on Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. I look forward to, and Larry does as well, to your next visit. As do I. Anytime <laughs> you guys need me, you know where to find me, and I will be here. That is fantastic. We're going to take you up on it. <laughs> Thanks, Garnet. Right. Okay, take care. After the break, Larry Simpson looks at some racing action today around North America, including Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, and of course some racing at other North American tracks. So please make sure your HBI accounts and Dark Horse app are ready to work overtime. Stay with us for Larry's Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Listen live at 1059theregion.com. Discover a new breed of excitement with Live Horse Racing. Ontario Racing represents 15 racetracks where you can experience the excitement of thoroughbred, standard bred, and quarter horse racing. To find the racetrack nearest you, go to OntarioRacing.com. New to betting? Check out our Betting 101 page and learn about the HPI Bet Wagering Platform and the Dark Horse app. The best and safest online betting options. Get your horsepower at OntarioRacing.com and experience the excitement. Ontario Racing. Three breeds, one vision. The Horsemen's Benevolent and Protective Association of Ontario, the HBPA, has represented thoroughbred owners and trainers at Woodbine and Fort Erie racetracks since 1950. The HBPA promotes the exchange of ideas to further advance, market and preserve live racing in Ontario while offering new thoroughbred ownership opportunities. Membership to the HBPA is free for owners and trainers. For more information on the HBPA of Ontario, please visit our website at hbpa.on.ca. Pineview Hyundai, the smart choice of automobile dealerships, combining horses and horsepower. For over 35 years, the Romeo family has been a part of the Ontario thoroughbred racing industry, and they want to invite you to visit their Pineview dealership and view their award-winning Hyundai lineup today and take advantage of some hot summer savings deals. Come see us at 3790 Highway 7 in Vaughan. Call us at 905-851-2851 to make an appointment or visit our website, pineviewauto.com, and see why Pineview Hyundai remains the smart choice. This is 105.9 The Region. Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine covering the world of horse racing is brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Over to your hosts, Ann Romer and Larry Simpson. Now I ask you, what would Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine, be without a couple of possible betting opportunities and potential betting gems as Lucky Larry gives us his Ponies Picks of the Day, sponsored by Rocket Ship Racing. I hand the reins over to you. Oh, I like that. <laughs> Let me see if I can rein a winner in. Ooh. Let's start at uh, Woodbine. They have an 11 race card today with the Grade 2 Bessif Arabian and Grade 3 Maple Leaf Stakes on the sked. Race four is an optional 40,000 claimer for fillies and mares, three and up, seven furlongs on the tapita surface for a purse of $61,800. Ten have been entered, including number four, Talk to You Later, who was last seen finishing a close third in the Eternal Search Stakes. 
This girl actually finished third in the grade three Hendry stakes back in July and seems to be returning to this stakes place form with three ascending buyer speed figures coming into today's race. She's going turf to synthetic today as well and shows a nice 48-1 breeze on November the 4th and is also a winner at today's seven furlong distance, which sometimes can be a tricky distance for some horses. Talk to you later. Should enjoy the class relief today, and on paper looks like the filly to beat. So Woodbine race four, number four, talk to you later. Churchill Downs has an 11 race card today, and race 10 is the grade three River City Stakes, a purse of $300,000. It's a mile and an eighth on the turf. It's a large field of 12, plus three also eligibles entered, including the improving number seven Dominican Pioneer from the barn atop trainer Wesley Ward. Today, Dominican Pioneer gets the class test with the move to the Grade 3 event, but comes into today's race with a wire-to-wire win at Kentucky Downs on September 13th at a one-mile distance. He's four for nine lifetime, and he's won once on the turf at a mile and a sixteenth, and in that last race at Kentucky Downs, Dominican Pioneer took a lifetime best buyer of a 98. Trainer Ward is 27% with horses coming off a 31 to 60 day layoff. And since that last race has worked Dominican Pioneer five times at five furlongs. So Churchill Downs, race 10, the grade three River City Stakes, number seven, Dominican Pioneer. The California racing scene shifts to Del Mar with their short fall meet with nine races set to go today. Race eight is one mile on the dirt, optional claimer for a purse of $63,000. Nine horses have been entered, including number six, Oviat Class, who has not been seen since the Delmar race on August the 12th, which saw Oviat Class compromised by a speed bias that day. Oviat Class was pretty much three wide throughout, and being off a step slow out of the gate didn't help either in that race. In that race, too, Oviat Class was bet down to 4-1 to one and did get up for fourth despite the speed bias. And since that start, trainer Vladimir Saren has worked this guy four times, including one at six furlongs and two back-to-back five furlong works. Saren is 18% with horses coming off a 61-180-day layoff, and Oviat Class has a win and a third place finish at Delmar and a win and two-thirds at the one-mile distance. So Delmar, race eight, number six, Oviat Class. Finally, Woodbine Mohawk Park has a 12-race card tonight, including four Harvest Series uh, stakes events. And last week, if you recall, I thought that the slight class drop would help the chances of the Greek Freak. And despite being 14 lengths out of it at the half and coming in his last quarter in 26-3, and three, the best this guy could do was a sixth-place finish. But he was race-timed in 151 and flat. Well, in tonight's seventh race, the Greek Freak is back this time with another significant class drop, which just could be what the doctor ordered, and put this guy over the wire first. The Greek Freak gets to start from the three-hole tonight, retains the services of driver Scott Young, and I think showed enough last week that if he gets the right trip tonight, he could be a force to be reckoned with. So Woodbine Mohawk Park, race seven, number three, the Greek Freak. Thank you, Larry, as always, and I can't wait to see you next Saturday. And a big shout-out to Mark at Fans of Horse Racing. Hi, Mark. Goodbye, and thank you all for joining us for this edition of Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine. Just a wee reminder, if you'd like to receive a free digital copy of the current issue of Ponies 24-7 magazine, and a new one was just released, please email Larry Simpson at theponies247experience at gmail.com. And also, don't forget about the Ponies 24-7 Lymphoma Canada campaign, Don't Horse Around with Lymphoma. For more information on this, please go to the landing page, lymphoma.ca slash ponies, and donate to this cause. Stay with 105.9 The Region all weekend long, and thank you for listening. 
Ponies 24-7, the radio magazine with Ann Romer and Larry Simpson, has been brought to you by Woodbine, Woodbine Mohawk Park, Ontario Racing, and Rocket Ship Racing. Tune in next Saturday morning at 8 for more from the world of horse racing. This is 105.9 The Region.